Let's rock and roll. All right. Welcome to the Football Frame of Mind podcast. This is episode eight. We are here to give you more content, more football content. Uh, but before we get it started, how you doing, bro? Well, we're doing good on this end. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Ready to talk some football, man. So um, we broke down NFC South uh, in our last episode. So uh, this time we're going to break down NFC West. uh, And we'll start with uh, the the champion. Um, Obviously, uh, the 49ers took that that conference with with relative ease. It seemed like everybody couldn't get their act together until it was too late. So um, going into this season, man, what what do you? We're gonna start with the 49ers, obviously, because they're the champions, and we'll go down yeah. from there. But uh, what do you think about the 49ers, man? They got they got a lot of lot of stuff going on. I think the Niners are in a really good spot. I mean, dude, they're deep at every position. Their defense is spectacular. Their offense have got great weapons. They bring back CMC. They got Elijah Mitchell. They've got Debo. I mean, they still got George Kittle. Uh, they're waiting. I think they're still waiting to see if Purdy's going to be ready to go for week one, but I think it's looking like he is. And if he plays anything like he did to close out last season, 49ers are a serious contender to come out of the NFC and make the Super Bowl, to be completely honest with you. I like them. I think they're one of the heavy favorites in the conference, and I would not be surprised if they would make it to the game again this year. Okay. No, no. That that was going to be my next segue. Uh, Brock Purdy, man. That That's that's where I start. Uh, I I always thought that they made a mistake drafting Trey Lance um, mm-hmm. because you could have used that on another weapon. You obviously had a lot of guys available. You had uh, you had I want to say Devontae Smith came in that draft too. Jalen Waddle. You yeah you could you could have went either way, honestly at receiver or you could have drafted Drake London because I think he went earlier than both of those guys so the crazy thing is they were supposed to draft mac jones and yeah, but, you know what? The last minute. but you know what i think they felt like they was getting the same thing in uh and jimmy garoppolo as mac jones mm-hmm. they and felt like the intangibles that uh, lance had were gonna project higher right but one thing they, they didn't really take into account is that He's a running quarterback. So the injury aspect is something that you have to consider when you're drafting mm-hmm. a guy like that. And, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback. I mean, he's a Super Bowl uh, quarterback. So it sucked that, you know, he couldn't get healthy. But you knew that when you when you, when you you traded for him, right? So I think Brock Purdy should be good. Uh, I think he'd be really good. I think he'd play. I don't think it's really hard for him to really just play in that system. He's and do tough, what he got to do. I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't think you need him to be a pro bowler. You just need him to one stay healthy and not turn over the ball. That's it. And I think, and I think so far last season to close it out, he didn't turn the ball over much, and he stayed healthy. So those two things they check out. So I think they'll continue to be the top dog in that conference in that division. And um, yeah, I think they'd be good. So uh, I said I don't really have too much to say about the defense. It's good. It's legit. That, that's it's a not, top three unit, bro. There. It's not, it's not going anywhere. Low. They didn't really lose no people. So and the people that matter are still there, and they could just plug in from there. So 
I said, obviously, I, I want to mention uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think him coming in last season at the end kind of just threw a little bit of – just threw him off a, off a loop. I think this year he's coming in with a fresh offseason to work out, to get into the system. And I think mm-hmm. he's really going to be able to benefit in that offense because it's a running offense and he's good in space. He can catch, he can run, he can pass block, everything. Um, so – if you if you watched the show before, uh, you already know Brandon's high on Christian McCaffrey. So um, <laughs> I expect them uh, to do some good things. So as we transition down the division, um, let's talk about uh, the, the team that finished second, man. Uh, if you like Seattle. Bobby, um, you only uh, second is first loser. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um yeah, so we're gonna talk about the Seahawks, man. Uh, I think this this year's storyline for them is uh the growth of uh Kenneth Walker, man. There have been some great running backs to come through uh the Seattle Seahawks, and I think uh he's important for them moving forward. Like he has to be that guy. He can't like he's gonna have to be that that dual threat. Uh, guy out the backfield running everything we already know he's a downhill running back so that's mm-hmm. not even arguable right but the other storyline i want to really talk about is geno smith man so obviously geno came around uh came out of nowhere man like um he was kind of a journeyman honestly mm-hmm. uh, he was the face of a franchise and then just kind of sat behind russ and learned and he really balled out last season, man. He was absolutely, undeniably one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. Uh, great touchdowns to interception ratio, yards, big plays, whatever you want to do. He was clutch last year, man. Yeah, he was good, man, which is not the Geno Smith. I admit that I knew. <laughs> I did not know that Geno Smith at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was looking like Gino in college, man, uh, last mm-hmm. season, and just absolutely just playing free and having fun, man. And I think it was good for for him to uh, to really get it. So my thing is they gave him the money uh, this offseason, obviously, to, to shore up their quarterback situation. And let's just see what else he can do. Um, I want to mm-hmm. see if that was just a flash in the pan because people didn't have a chance to scout him a little bit. And um, let's see what he can do. What what you think mm-hmm. about Seahawks? Yeah. Man, I'm I'm kind of high on Seattle because I mean they don't really lose anybody. They bring back Bobby Wagner from L.A. after taking a one year rental. I mean, they brought him. They got Devin Bush coming. Gino, like you said, had a really good year. You still got DK. You still got Tyler Lockett. You draft JSN in the first round. Mm-hmm. I think Seattle. I don't. See Seattle winning the division, but I think they're going to be a thorn in the 49ers' butt. And I could definitely see them squeaking out one of those extra wild card spots and maybe making a run for sure. Uh, I think the defense is still going to be good. They drafted Witherspoon as well. I think he's going to be really good. And uh, I think the offense is going to take a step forward. Like you said, with the development of Walker and having three really good receivers to throw to, Seattle's going to be a good team this year for sure. Understandable, man. Um, like I said, man, great points, man. Um, I, I like the way they drafted and uh Devin Bush is <laughs> Devin Bush is a hitter and I like him a lot. I like him mm-hmm. a lot at linebacker. And then him with uh with Wagner, if I think if if you sign him for two years, 
this might be the best year out of the two because last yeah. season was last season was a watch for the Rams and we'll get into them uh later. But last season was a watch for them and they really probably didn't have much fun. But coming back to uh to Seattle, I think it'll be really good for him. And then to pair him with another young linebacker and Devin Bush, I think that'll be awesome. They're gonna be good on defense mm -hmm. for real. So uh, so yeah, man. And then we we go down to the uh to the Cardinals, man. One of my uh storylines is uh Kyler Murray, man. What are what are we what are we gonna do with Kyler Murray? Like not we as in that's my team, but like if I'm asking them the question, what are they gonna do with uh with Kyler Murray? I think uh man, uh Arizona's in a weird spot. That's a really weird spot because you just gave him a big extension with last season or before last season or something like that. I forget. But uh, if I have to say anything about the Cardinals, they're in full rebuild mode. I don't see Arizona getting anything above four wins. Uh, and if they're not going to get above four wins, they're definitely going to be in top five in draft picks. So what I see them doing is not going to say tank to win, but I don't see them getting a whole bunch of wins. They're going to try to dump off that big contract. And if they could trade up to number one, they're going to probably take whether it be Caleb Williams or Drake May. I mean, they're looking to probably trade uh, Buda Baker, too. I mean, that, that roster is depleted compared to where they were at two, three years ago when they still had Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, D-Hop. You know, they just released him a month or so ago. So, yeah, I definitely see Arizona being a lottery pick, and they're going to try to dump off that big contract. I like what you said about uh, Kyler Murray uh, being um, kind of a trading piece uh, because he is um, – he hasn't played up to that number one thing, man. And they kind of mm -hmm. missed out on on two first round quarterbacks already. If you're looking at uh Josh Rosen a couple years ago, and then you're looking at uh Kyler Murray right now. So going into it, do you really wanna you really wanna rock the boat, man? But you know what? I'm not really supposed opposed to them doing that because there's a new coach there. Uh John mm -hmm. Gannon mm -hmm. uh, he was the defensive coordinator for Philly. Uh, had a good unit last year uh, before the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> had a good had a good unit. Obviously, had a really really great pieces there. So um, I don't know if he has any new ideas that he wants to do. And I don't know if Kyler Murray, if he struggles, is going to be a part of that. So I think mm -hmm. Kyler Murray has to do some soul searching and some growing up. Um, and understand that, hey, man, you're the face of an NFL franchise, man. You're the NFL quarterback. So you got to act like it. You got to play like it. And uh, losing, losing D-Hop for nothing wasn't necessarily the brightest idea, but something happened to the point where they got rid of him, man. And uh, it it just seemed like. I don't know, man. I just think you don't get rid of a guy that caught 100 passes in, like, eight seasons or something like that, something crazy like that. Doesn't drop many passes and can beat anybody. So I don't know, man. But life after him is going to be rough. And um, life after Kyler Murray might be rough too, man. So I don't know what direction they're going in. So I think out of all the teams, they they will – be the third team again in this division um because as we transition into another team uh the rams man last team last year uh lost a lot of games but surprisingly 
surprisingly, um, they have the most talent, man, but it's older talent. So, mm-hmm. you know, we obviously know that they went um, and said F those picks and traded for, you know, a Von Miller and a Jalen Ramsey. And it worked. Obviously, you got a Super Bowl and everything. And Matthew Stafford, too, got a Super Bowl. So I think it, it worked out. But now we're, what, two, three years removed from that Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. now what's the what's what's up now? Like, what's the future looking like? Because you don't have any draft picks, definitely don't have any cap room. So what what's next? And I don't know if there's going to be suitors. I don't know if they're going to get as much back for these players if they get rid of them. And I think I think they need to, man. I think they really need to think about trading some of these players away. I think Jalen Ramsey has a lot to offer to a team. Jalen Ramsey's not with them anymore. Yeah, but they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna get anything back. You know what I'm saying? No, they already traded him, Cam. They did. He's with Miami now. Word. Okay. 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 They they yeah, they traded him probably almost a month ago, I think. Okay. Hey, what did they get back for him? If you, if you I don't think I don't think they got any really high draft picks. Maybe okay. a third. I don't I don't think they got anything higher than maybe a couple of picks, but nothing higher than a third round pick though. Right. So Perfect. you know, so that you know that's that's my point. So you trade these guys away, and I don't know if you're gonna get back exactly what you want. So mm-hmm. your rebuilding process might be a little slower. So mm-hmm. I expect them to finish. I expect them to finish last in this division um, and just kind of kind of do that. But my, my biggest thing is that I want to ask you is if they go into tank mode, what happens to Sean McVay? I don't think they're letting go Sean McVay. I don't think that's even on the table. But, I mean, it was already discussed that he was thinking about not wanting to rebuild and just leaving. Uh I don't think the Rams finished last. I think they have a better roster than the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are in utter disarray. But I don't see because last year the Rams went five and twelve. The Cardinals went four and thirteen. I think it's probably going to finish somewhere around that. But uh, man, I would like to think he would stay to try to rebuild. But like you said, the the, the they have no draft capital, nothing to talk about. Your salary cap is. It's a terrible situation. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's they're they're pretty much in the negative, and I mean, you're not going to get a lot back for these guys. Even if you wanted to trade everybody, like if you were going to trade Stafford, if you're going to trade some of these other guys, you're going to struggle for a little while. You're probably going to be at the bottom if you end up going full rebuild and you do that. You're definitely going to be at the bottom of the barrel for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't I don't think uh I don't think that they are going to do anything for real. I mean, even with the players that they have in terms of like an Aaron Donald or things people like that, I just don't know if they have enough to compete with one of the 49ers and then or the two and or the Seahawks. And then you're battling for last place if you're talking about the the Seahawks or I mean the Cardinals or them. them, right? So I don't know, man. I don't know. And I would I would go with uh I would go with the Cardinals beating them out in the conference simply because I don't know if Stafford can hold on to the ball, man. 
Like if his if his his biggest thing is that he has such a big arm, and he has such a great ability to hit the long ball, but he he interceptions is his bugaboo, man. Like he he just he can throw them all the time anywhere, and I just think he he's one of those guys that you really have to have to kind of think about like what kind of value does he have? You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if he has any value. No, they did draft a guy that's going to sit behind them. That might end up being worth looking at. Like I said, if they go in the tank mode, man, don't be surprised if they try to get the first overall pick and it's Caleb Williams because he's probably – It's a possibility, but I don't think they drafted Stetson Bennett for no reason, though. Man, look, I don't care what nobody's saying. Stetson Bennett is not – an NFL quarterback. I don't care what they you say. He's not an NFL quarterback. If AJ McCarron can get discussions to get like contract talks on all that. I think he could, man. I think he's kind of like AJ McCarron esque. No, no. Stop falling for that, man. Stop falling for that. <laughs> Stop falling. Don't drink that. Don't drink the Stetson Bennett Kool Aid. Yes, he's a two time national champion. I will give him that. But I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Nope. I'm not going to do it, man. I can't do it. Nope. Nope. But, uh, I think we agree. I think we agree on how things speak up, though. Huh? He's going to have to show me something. He's going to show me something. Yeah, I think he's still got something to prove, but I don't think they draft him for no reason, though. I think, well, I think they might give him some looks. You never know. Shoot. I, I think, mean, I mean, he's with if he's he's with a good coach, I mean, if anybody could get something out of him, McVay can get it out of him. True, true, true. I mean, 49ers got a uh, Brock Purdy, so you know they got him late mm -hmm. in the draft. So those late in the draft picks, yeah, they count. You know what I'm saying? They count if you start thinking about things. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, man. But um, but yeah, as we you know move forward, uh. We're gonna we we discuss this uh conference uh division up and down. So um obviously I think we both agree that the 49ers are coming out of this division. I just, yeah, I don't think it's even up for unless they have some really bad because they have struggled with the injury bug the last few years. Unless the injury bug takes out like like a lot of their really good players, I don't see Seattle beating them twice. Like I don't see Seattle winning the division unless something drastic happens. I think the 49ers are a shoe in. Yeah, but I expect the games to be really competitive, though. Oh, yeah. Especially between the Seahawks and 49ers. So I expect that for real. Uh, so transitioning out of uh, the breakdown to our favorite segment, man. Uh, top five segment, man. We enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing it with you uh, because you give some very good perspective. And sometimes our lists are completely different. Other times, mm -hmm. sometimes they mirror each other. But like I said, I love to hear what you say. Uh, so, like I said, I'll start off this one, man. But our top five list today is the NFC's NFC West best teams of all time. Uh, this is a conference. This is a division that's been um, very, very competitive, man. Like, people think about the 49ers teams, and it'd be easy to pick, make a top five list with all five teams being 49ers. But there were some really good teams. Uh, from other representative in this division. So um like I said I'll start. Um I'll start, man. Um my uh my top five list is uh interesting. Like I have some interesting teams, but I, I think we might have a few of the same. I say that. Okay. Let's talk. So uh, my first team 
is uh the 80 49ers. Um that squad uh I forgot who they played in the Super Bowl, but they end up winning Denver. Denver. They played Denver. Yeah. So if my 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 calculation is correct, that was probably one of the worst Super Bowls ever because the game was over in the first quarter. So yeah. Uh yep. One of John Elway's uh tough Super Bowl losses, we'll say that. Uh but like I said, the team was stacked with uh with three first team uh, all pros, including uh Montana, Jerry Rice, and Ronnie Lott. So, you know, that speaks for itself if you got those guys balling out like that. And it showed mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, man, they were clearly the best team, right? So obviously they I think they would have loved to get uh, a three peak because I believe they won in eighty eight. And they won 89, but they ended up mm-hmm. losing to the Giants the next year in the NFC uh championship game, which you know uh started the uh the Bills tough run in the uh Super Bowl. Um mm-hmm. but like I said, 89 49ers number one on my list. Uh 84 49ers is number uh two on my list because okay, so um, you went from one to five. Huh? You're starting from number one to five. Yeah, I'm talking about one and okay. five. We'll switch it up. Okay. We'll switch it, up. it threw me off. I'm like, wait a minute. I know he didn't put them boys at five. No, no you're no, good. No, I got no. it. We're going one to five because we're going one to five simply because the they're too they're too good to leave out of the conversation. Like, because the list of you'll know where we're going with it. So I just start one after that. So okay. number two on my list, uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, the 84 49ers man uh i call them the dan marino stoppers man because dan marino came if you understand dan marino came into this league uh something different like he came, came red, hot. red hot so he he's that that team right there uh is on my list because they they were tasked with stopping dan marino from taking this league over like if he wins a super bowl and 84. Do you understand? We're having a much big, different conversation. Do you understand? Do you understand how big that is? Because he's already in the running for MVP because he hit 5,000 yards. He's the first quarterback to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you already know that he's probably going to be even even more even bigger than he was if he wins that Super Bowl. Oh, dude, but, they probably stopped that dynasty if they beat them. They might not go on that tear like they did. The Dolphins might turn around and try to win a few for sure. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, maybe you see it leads a little different, right? But uh, I, I think that team has to be on the list because they, they had to stop somebody that was on a tear. And it took a team effort to beat him because he could put up some points on you. So, uh, obviously, they probably didn't play very good defense. But, hey. You don't need defense when you can score 40 sometimes, man. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. that team definitely stopped Dan Marino and uh, on my list. Uh, number three is, uh, you probably know where I'm going, uh, the 99 St. Louis Rams, man. Greatest show on turf, dog. Uh, I could have easily been a homer and put them number one, but that would be disrespectful to uh, the 49ers dynasty that they had throughout the uh, 80s and stuff. So. Uh, but 99, man, what a year. Um, obviously, uh, we start off the year with Trent Green as quarterback. He gets hurt in the preseason, and the rest is history. We have this uh, grocery bagger named Kurt Warner, and he just goes on to, you know, to lead us to the Super Bowl, uh, our first one in franchise history. Don't forget that, young kids. 2020 was not the first uh, Rams championship. That was the first one in L.A., but they got one mm-hmm. already. 
So, uh, like I said, Kurt Warner goes on and uh, does a clean sweep, man. MVP, Super Bowl MVP, uh, and and just does his thing, man. But people don't understand how important Marshall Falk was. Uh, Marshall Falk was, uh, I think, brought in maybe a year or so before. But he was a main person, man. He was he was tough out there, man. But I can't go on. Everybody thinks about offense, man. But defense, they had some guys. Uh, obviously, Drake Bly. We spoke about him in uh in one of our college episodes, yeah. man. Um, he was a stud out there. Uh, Dexter McLeon. People don't understand that. Yeah, name. he was really good too. But but yeah, but those two guys kind of locked down, locked those the receivers down, man. So uh, the team was was stacked on both sides of the ball. And they did their thing, man. So yeah, uh, number three on my list. Uh, number four, I, I kind of flip flopped. I wanted to put, uh, I wanted to put this team above them because of the defensive guy that I am. Yeah, I uh, think I, me and you are gonna be pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, what you got? But but uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do that because I am a homer. But uh, number four is uh 2015 Seahawks, man. Uh, Legion of Boom. I can't, uh, I can't go. I can't make a list without uh, putting them on there. They had a good run with those group of guys, uh, culminating in a Super Bowl uh, destruction against uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, and it was rough, man. It was a rough day for those Denver Broncos. But uh, I love the way they play defense. And one interesting fact about their team on defense is that they never really got a lot of penalties for uh, legal hits. So a lot of their hits were were legal and, and, and tough. And uh, I love – I love how they built their secondary as kind of the thing on their defense, man. It made their defense aggressive, and you could plug and play as long as you had them, those four guys back there uh, hitting people and stopping people from catching the ball, man. So I love Richard Sherman. Uh, I love uh, how they mixed that that extra corner, um, whoever it was. You can plug in a, a, a Revis. You can plug in uh, Brandon Browner. You can plug in anybody, anybody in there to be on the other side of Richard Sherman because you know who's going to be there, right? And then you drop in some other guys. Like, you put anybody there. It's almost like having having Deion Sanders on one side. You could just, as long as you do your job on the other side. The second era was tough, bro, with Cam yeah. Chancellor. I yeah, they Chancellor were. and Earl Thomas back there doing stuff. So, yeah, so that, that defense was tough, and it was aggressive and a lot of blitzes, man. And then, um, like I said, I can't, I can't put, I could put another 49ers team up there as my five, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put the uh, Arizona Cardinals in 08. Uh, that run they they did was was crazy uh, with another guy uh, that we all know, uh, Grocery Bagger, who played Kurt for the Iowa Barnstormers um, in arena football, Kurt Warner, uh, one of his last uh, swan songs of a career. But boy, what was it, man? Uh, obviously, he went on the run, did some things, did some great things, man. They had some good players on that team, man. He just kind of put it all together. He was the missing link, man, because they had some good defenders. Uh, I want to say Antrell Rose was on that team. I want to say Carlos Dansby was on that team. I think Calias Campbell was on that team. So yep. some really tough really tough defenders, man. And that's just defense, man. Offense, man. You had Anquan Bolden and Larry Fitzgerald on the outside. Uh, I want to say Steve Breston running the slot. So they mm -hmm. had a really good team to go through a lot of people, man. And it, it was wasn't San Antonio Holmes. 
Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't for one of the greatest catchers in Super Bowl history, they'll have one, man. But that team right there, I thought, was definitely one of the best teams in NFC West history, man. And uh, like I said, that just because you don't win the Super Bowl doesn't really hurt your chances on my list in, in a sense because, like I said, man, sometimes you just meet a better team. And that year, you can't say that the Pittsburgh Steelers in 08 wasn't the better team. They had you were both stacked, but the Steelers had a better roster. Yeah, see what I'm saying? And they had like, experience. A lot of those guys were on that other team when they still had Jerome Bettis on them. Yeah, so the so, experience was there. Yep. So, like I said, sometimes you just meet a better team, man. That's why the Super Bowl is awesome, man, because you get two interesting storylines. But as far as the NFC West is concerned, they're definitely on my list. So, cool. what you think? Well, I'm going to keep things interesting, but it's damn near. I will just be honest. We didn't discuss anything. We didn't disclose anything. We didn't show our cards to either one. So if anybody wants to go, oh, no, we're going off a lot, a lot of the same sources, a lot of the same stats, stuff like that. I just think we, we share a lot of the same ideals and values. But uh, I'll start with five. I've got the same five. I've got the uh, 08 Cardinals, too. I think the 08 Cardinals are really special. Like you said, the defense was really good. I like the offense with Kurt. You had Fitz, Anquan, Steve Breston, early Doucette. He had a lot of good weapons. Um, they played really well in that game. Uh, the only two things that I say that did them in was that fumble return by James Harrison, almost 100 yards for a touchdown. They recovered. Fitzgerald caught that pass over the middle and took it for a touchdown, and everybody thought it was game over. But uh, here comes Big Ben. Final drive, fourth quarter money drive, and he puts the ball in a place that only San Antonio Holmes can get it. Uh, probably one of the most underrated Super Bowls ever that I think I would like to go back and watch. I think it was just a really good battle of back and forth. But, uh, yeah, Cardinals are definitely top five. Even if you're not trying to just squeeze those specific teams in, I think they should be top five regardless. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got the same four as you. I've got uh, 2013 Seattle Seahawks, Legion of Boom. Okay. I think that defense was historically good. The offense was obviously still young with Russell Wilson, I think, within his first three years. Uh, that defense carried them the entire way. And they were definitely underrated going into that game, going against Peyton Manning, Wes Welker, Demarius Thomas. Dude, they, they were loaded. There's no way that Denver should have flopped the way they did. But Seattle put that whooping on them boys, and they just they laughed them out of the building. I don't, I don't even know if Denver even scored a touchdown in that game. If I'm not mistaken, but mm, if they did, it was must have been one. in garbage time. One. Well, it must have been garbage time because they, I think they won a damn near almost 40 points. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. But one thing about if you go back and watch the Super Bowl, don't go back and watch that one. Not worth your time. Uh, but well, Seattle, that's a historically good team. One thing about that Super Bowl, if people don't understand, is. Uh, what kind of messed the Broncos up was losing that left tackle, left tackle and right tackle before uh, for that game. Um, mm -hmm. That that messed up everything, all their timing, because that just sent everybody on blitzes, man. That's how really he had, no time, he had no time in the pocket. They were they were in the backfield every time he take a snap. It didn't matter if he was under center or in shotgun. They were back there. Yeah, that's what really set Malcolm Smith off, man, and kind of hurt turned him into a really. Great linebacker. He made a lot of money after that, winning Super Bowl MVP and everything. So mm -hmm. um, that's what kind of set him off, man, because they sent them on blitzes. Everybody was just ready to go, man. So um, I, I wish they would have got another one, but 
we all know how that went. Uh, mm-hmm. but like I said, they they did their thing, man. I like that. Like that a lot. Yeah. So uh, up to this point, we're still the same. Number three, I'm going nine and nine Rams. Greatest show on turf. Probably one of the most prolific offenses I think either one of us has ever gotten the privilege to watch. Uh, you're working with Kurt Warner. You got Marcel Falk. You got Tory Hull. You got Isaac Bruce. A lot of good playmakers on defense. That team was on a mission, and I, I don't think anybody's seen that train coming. Nobody had their ticket punched, but they did. They ran the table and they made it the entire way, and they shocked a lot of people. And I mean, if you want an offense to be able to go up and down the field and score whenever the hell they want, that's the offense. I think historically good team, underrated defense, but really, really good offense. I've got the 99 Rams at three. My uh, my two, I think our one and two might. Mm, let's see. So my two, I've got the 89 49ers. Okay. 14 and two in the regular season, really dominant. I mean, there's not too much you really have to say. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, <laughs> I mean, Dwight Clark, all those guys. John Elway didn't stand a chance. When you lose 55 to 10, I mean, it's not much to talk about. I mean, I love to John Elway, probably one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. It, it wasn't his time to shine. It was the Joe Montana train, and man, they ran the train because uh, they left them completely out of the building. Man. <laughs> But uh, number one, dude, you got to go with the 84 Niners. Like, 15-1 and one in the regular season. The fact that you meet Miami in the Super Bowl, that's probably one of the most important games ever because, like we said, Dan Marino was hot. Hot, hot, hot. First quarterback to ever throw for 5,000 yards before Drew Brees did it again in, I think, like 2010 or whatever. Uh, if they lose that game, the whole football landscape might be completely different. We don't know. Bro, but the, the you, Dan Marino conversation is completely different, dude. Oh, no, he's going to win more than one ring if that's the case. If they man. beat the Niners there, he's walking away with at least three. Man, um, man like, it's a crazy whiff. That's crazy the disrespect Dan Marino gets, man. Like, he, he literally revolutionized passing. He's he probably got one of the quickest releases I've ever seen. Man, just as probably top top five most accurate quarterbacks ever. Man, the guy could put a freaking ball in a bucket whenever the hell he wanted. But I think uh, 49ers defense should get a lot more credit. They held that offense only 16 points, and Joe Montana and then put 38 on that Miami defense. Uh, really good game. I really wish the Dolphins would have kept it closer, but I guess the 49ers just really honed in on Marino and just, I mean, if you can hold that offense to 16 points, that's very impressive. Because yeah, man, he was young at that point. Early, he was, I think, his second year. Yeah, because he got drafted in '83, if I'm not mistaken. That must have been his second year. I mean, dude, that's damn so impressive. We could probably have a whole side conversation about him and what if they win that game. But yeah, '84 yeah. Niners only lose one game all year. That's number one in my book, hands down. All right, no, no, we flip flop, man. We flip flopped. Uh, we flip flop, man. That, like I said, that. The 80, 84 and uh, 89, bro, you could literally you could literally flip-flop, man. It really – I say both were dominant 49ers teams. Actually, all of their Super Bowl teams, for real. I mean, you could make a top five just with them if you wanted to, but, I mean, where's the fun in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, I could have replaced really – cool. uh, good list, by the way, good list, by the way. But I could easily have replaced the Cardinals with the 94 uh, 49ers yeah. with Steve Young. Um, I could have easily replaced. Nobody talks about that team, dude. Steve Young don't get credit either. Yeah, man. And and what's crazy is the Super Bowl wasn't even supposed to be 
the Chargers that year. It wasn't supposed to be them. It was supposed to be um, the Steelers and the 49ers that year. But uh, Junior Seau, rest in peace, had one of the greatest games a linebacker could ever have. I want to say he had like – famous, dude. Junior Seau was the truth. He, he had like 20 tackles that day and single-handedly just messed up. The, the Steelers couldn't do anything. He was just on every play – Every pass play, every run play, he was just—he was playing a man's game that that day, and he really messed that messed up their chances to win, man. Just a uh, rough time for those '90 Steelers teams, man. They—they they really, they, I think they lost the Super Bowl, but they had some really good teams that could have won. And they, it, nobody talks about those '90 Steelers teams. And nobody talks because, but but because they won all those Super Bowls in like the seventies. And in the eighties, you know, Super Bowl. So um it's tough to talk about them because they were so used to winning. So for like what almost 20 years, you don't win anything. You gotta think they've only had like three head coaches in their entire existence. I mean, right, right. So I mean that's a discussion for another day, but it's definitely worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, we we can we call it our, our closing arguments after our top five list, but uh but yeah, this is our closing argument uh, segment, man. But once we get into um, the uh, the franchises, man, we gotta definitely do a list of uh, the top five franchises, man. Because, oh yeah, that's definitely gonna happen. Because it's 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 some franchises that are known for winning. It's some franchises that are known for cultural differences. Um, there are franchises that are money makers. And there are franchises mm-hmm. that kind of combine all three. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, man, it's definitely going to be a good conversation, man. Definitely. Agreed. Hands down. That That's definitely uh, something that a lot more people should talk about. Because, I mean, there's so many aspects that makes team, make teams legendary. Not just great teams, great coaches, great organizations, great general managers, great traditions. Like, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, real. Like a lot of people don't talk about Ozzy Smith or not Ozzy Smith, uh, Ozzy Newsom being as important as he was uh, to the Cleveland Browns. Man, um, like I said, he he played there. Obviously, Hall of Famer. Uh, he he should be great freaking general manager. Yeah, he should be a Hall of Fame general manager too. Uh, and and he should get in there probably three times because he was a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame scout, GM. And contributor, because you contributed to two franchises technically, even though the Cleveland Browns and Ravens are the same team. You should yeah, that's two different that. completely. Yeah. Yeah. So like people don't understand how important he was, man. And so and changing the mold, you know, as far as African American like GM, he made it cool because he was mm-hmm. the first one to really start winning as you know anything. Now it helps that you are a Hall of Fame player. But how many Hall of Fame players have we seen like not be good at you know coaching or a GM or or even owning teams sometimes? So we've seen that not work out. But it was pretty cool to see him do that. You know what I'm saying? I wish he would have kind of stayed and, and uh, stayed with the Ravens. But you know his time was up. But like I said, he, put, I think, he definitely paid his dues though, man. He should get a lot more talk about than he does. Man, I'm telling you. But uh. But yeah, man, this is a uh, episode eight, man. We're gonna close it out. Uh, this was the NFC West uh, breakdown. Uh, hope you enjoyed that in our top five segment, as always, man. So before we get out of here, uh, how you doing? I mean, what you gotta say, my bad. <laughs>
I'm like, I'm always going to say is like, comment, subscribe. Make sure to hit that bell notification so you don't miss any of the videos we're putting out. Uh, we're breaking out each individual division. We've done the NFC South. We've done the West. We're going to be doing the North next. There's a lot of really cool things to talk about the NFC North, a lot of really historic teams. But uh, you guys just be patient. It seems like a lot of people are starting to jump on, and I'm not going to harass anybody and be like, oh, subscribe, subscribe. No, but if you want to really get some good, wholesome football content that a lot of other people probably aren't going to touch on, then you're in the right place. And we Couldn't really appreciate y'all. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. All right, man. This is a Football Frame of Mind podcast, episode eight. Uh, we ready to go. All right. Hey, let's get it. Be up out of here. It's over.